Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to episode 114 of the On the Table Gaming Podcast. And this time we're reaching into the archives to pull out our Table Talk episode with Duncan Rhodes that came out last week, where we talked with Duncan Rhodes about the Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy's Kickstarter, where he's going to be launching his own line of Tooth and Coats paints. It's always great to talk to Duncan. And if you haven't checked out the video on YouTube, we have the audio of it here. And next week, we'll be jumping in with a new segment of the Coach's Corner, in which we'll be talking about some of Song of Ice and Fire specific strategies. So be sure to turn in next week as well. And in the meantime, enjoy our discussion with Duncan from Table Talk. Enjoy our discussion with Duncan from Table Talk. Today, I'm joined with the legendary Duncan Rose. Duncan, thanks so much for coming on. Hello, thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you again. It's been a little while. <laughs> Absolutely. I know it's been, I feel I got a little pile of shame back here. My, uh, <gasps> we had talked about Napoleonics. I picked up some British, uh, some linemen, but they're not all painted yet. It might be my slowest uh, uh, collection yet, but. No, it, they are, they are work. <laughs> Those more, ones are complicated. More on that at a later time. What I want to talk to you today is about uh, a few things. Oh, <laughs> you're repping the colors there. Um, I want to talk to you about the success of your recent Kickstarter. Uh, so mm. over a million dollars uh, and quite, quite successful. Was that something that you had anticipated? Oh no, <laughs> not even close. No, no, no. Um, I mean, we had we had no idea how well it was going to do, um, and we're just hoping for the best, really. And so, you know, we kind of set stretched. I mean, it wasn't actually Roger and myself who were who were doing it. So, mm-hmm. for those underwear, Roger and I, Roger's the guy I work with who edits all the videos that I'm in and uh, runs the website. And uh, yeah, I'm a business partner for all of what we do nowadays. And um, we kind of. Uh, we knew the paints were good. We knew people would like them. And we, you know, we were confident that it'd get backed because I think it was um, uh, 50K for dollars. I think that's what the original target was to get the project funded. Um, <laughs> yeah, way, way company... back then at 50K. <laughs> yeah. That's long gone through for <laughs> uh, The company we're working with, uh, Transatlantis Games. So mm-hmm. they're run by people who have had lots of experience doing Kickstarters before. And whilst they're a new company themselves, the people running it aren't new to the industry. So people will have encountered the people who are running it before in various other games. So they, they knew what they were doing with it. So they set the initial target and they were like talking with us about stretch goals. And so we had like, back and forth with ideas and things for it and they set where the the points would be and then it was like go and we were like oh hope it passes it would be really embarrassing if it doesn't you know there's a lot of paint ranges out there we hope people are willing to have a shot at this and it just the number just kept going and going um we were sat there watching it like we were in the studio meant to be recording and we were just watching this number go up and up and it was 16 minutes in or so it got funded and it just kept on going and we were just sat there not believing it like roger was phoning up his dad telling him to go and have a look and like like i was talking to my parents about it and we just we just couldn't believe it could not believe it um it's uh <laughs> yeah it's incredible and um i i think um it, it's really touching too um because it feels it's like um it feels like people trusting me to follow through on something um which is huge it is absolutely huge and um I'm, i can't wait for people to try the paints out they're great they're loads of fun and i'm really excited about them i mean <laughs> i think that sentiment is echoed by all of us that have invested as well um you know and that's a cool thing about it it's it's uh you have um, not just cultivated like a brand, I think, but I think, you know, it really, your name really stands for something and the way you approach not only the work you do, but also the community. I think back to when you first reached out to me a long time ago and I was like, wow, that was such a, a unique experience. Uh, and I think that translates across everything you do. And I think uh, hopefully you recognize this as uh, you know, 
people really value that and support that. And so, uh, you know, I know it's your product you're putting out there, but in a way, I hope you see like a community sort of a, a group. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I, thanks for all you do. Well, thank you. And <laughs> um, yeah, to everybody who backed the project, thank you so much for for believing in us, essentially. It's, um, I don't think I can adequately express just how much it means. Um, and uh, I'm doing our best not to let you down, I guess. <laughs> but I, I can, you know, rest assured, I've been using these paints a lot. It's, it's been a long, long process of getting them ready. Um, I mean, it's, it's not just something we've been working on for the last five minutes. And we're still doing little tweaks. And it's not like, you know, there's still lots of work being done. Like the vast majority of the paints are like, have been basically been green lit now um they're just doing a few little adjustments just to make them as good as we possibly can because there's a number of sort of points that we wanted to hit um so the most recent ones i was working with was a, a color we got called trooper white and um the people might recognize why we called it that uh so yes great for white armor <laughs> uh, so and we would we this was because it at the very start of it it was like um so what would i like paints to do and we've done videos on painting uh completely unrelated painting stormtroopers the star wars and we were painting these and i was like <laughs> getting the right color so getting it so it's off white that it looks like white but it's got you room to highlight with a pure white um there was no color that quite did what i wanted it to do for that so we ended up kind of making mixes and things so when we were doing this we were like well we can make a color specifically designed for that kind of purpose and obviously you can use it for loads of things but when you look at it in the, on its own it looks like it's white when you put it next to a pure white you realize it's ever so slightly gray and not only that, the coverage of it is designed to be really good base coats and really good for layering and building the color up. So um, it's, it's to hit things like that. So what we were doing was testing, just changing the formula slightly to make sure that it came out of the dropper bottle nicely, but also gave the coverage of what we wanted the paint to do. So um, I actually had been sent a load of samples of these bottles. And what I was doing was trying them and giving feedback. And then they'd send more and we'd try those, <laughs> give feedback. And it's back and forth, you know, until it gets to the point we are now. And yeah, now now I painted the miniature with it during this week. And yeah, that one's perfect. So, so there's been a lot of work on it. <laughs> so you got uh, 54 colors, six washes. Uh, mm -hmm. And one of the cool things you spread out were like shadow, mid-tone, highlight. Uh, was that like a constant decision that you were like, we want them presented in this certain way, or is that just kind of industry standard? Like, it's um, it's because so there's lots of different ways, obviously, of painting your miniatures. But when people are coming into it new, um, it can be very confusing when you look at the sheer amount of things that are available, and you don't even know where to start. You don't know what colors. When you just look at the uh, the graphic of the color, you can't quite tell how it's going to be in real life. Cause like, as you start to use the paints, you realize there's always a slight variation. <laughs> yes, and, like, that's the community. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So um, we, uh, we've we always been about accessibility to the hobby. And so we thought that it was important for someone coming new to it to be able to look at the paints and go, okay, so if I'm gonna be painting red, I'm presented with three reds that are designed as like stepping up from each other in terms of how bright they are. Um, so it's um yeah it's called cool. triads you know it's, there's uh, there are other paint ranges out there who use paints, that kind of thing paint's so criminally good you had to partner with organized crime with these triads is that what <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's right <laughs> um so yeah so it's, it's intended then so that you whatever your mid-tone is going to be uh, you'll have something to highlight with and if you're starting out the three colors are presented to you so if you want dark red you then got a bright red to highlight it with um if you um are painting fabric you know that you can start with our medium red and then you can use a dark one for shading and a bright one for highlighting so it's nice and user friendly like that and then the colors surrounding it are designed that if you want to have an even brighter red for example you can bring some of the orange in to highlight that um same with the green you can bring some of the yellow in to highlight that so it's kind of designed to um, be an initial 
presented nice and simple to understand to begin with, and then you can kind of go your own way with it and do whatever you want with it. So that's the intent. And how long ago did this whole process start? Um, we were originally approached about it uh, last year. Um, and I spent last Christmas holidays working on colors. <laughs> so it's been going for quite a long time. Um, and it's been, as I say, we've been going back and forth, making adjustments on things. It's, yeah, it's been quite a process. But it's been really of, We've learned so much. A little bit of, uh, you know, breath of fresh air, having the Kickstarter be wrapping up. Mm-hmm. Does that sort of take a load off your plate and be like, okay, whew, or yeah, is it now yeah. like all new problems? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sure something else is just beyond the horizon. But, <laughs> but um, it's, yeah, it, it's been kind of been a job on the side of our normal job. So Roger and I are still, you know, in full speed making the content for our website. Yeah. Um, but this is, you know, in the evenings I've been going and painting stuff with these. And um, I can't use it for my normal testing of video of miniatures that we're going to paint for videos because, um, people won't be able to get those specific paints. So, you know, we've been oh. keeping them a bit largely until just now it's been announced and, you know, now the Kickstarter's happened. We're starting to bring a few in and we're giving like, you know, you could use this as a comparison in the meantime and stuff. But yeah, so it's kind of been having a, a bit of a, a 1.5 jobs, I suppose I could describe it as. <laughs> now on the Painting Academy, will there be a transition to only using your paints or will you continue to use a wide range? Still going to use a wide range. Um, we are obviously going to use ours a fair amount, and um, they're going to be once um, the backers have received theirs, they, these paints are going to start appearing in retail and things. So they're going to be easy to get hold of. Um, but we still want to make things as accessible as possible. So whilst we might use one of our greens, we are going to say now I'm going to use this one. If you don't have access to this one, then you could use this one from uh, Citadel, for example, or you could use this one from Vallejo or whatever you want to, to use. So we're going to still make sure that you don't have to exclusively buy into our stuff because we don't think that's uh, it doesn't feel right to do that. Um, but yeah, we will be using them alongside everything else. Fantastic. And that's one thing I've always really appreciated is how you work to make things accessible to everybody. Uh, and you know, that's a huge part of this hobby. How do we bring people new and share, uh, our love of things? Um, yeah. so you, you also had some cool stretch goals in there. Anyone's in it that you mm. were particularly fans of, or like there were some cool, uh, miniature sculptures, you know, obviously <laughs> Sir Coates and, you know, before mm. we get into the, the stretch goals, I guess, uh, where, what was the genesis of Sir Coates? <laughs> um, well, we wanted to, um, have a mascot for the website. We were thinking about it for quite a while and, um, you know, we were just every now and then bouncing around ideas and things. Um, but when we originally made the academy and we started the business, um, there was so much to do that we couldn't really put proper time into it. So it wasn't until a little bit later on that we were able to start, um, you know, thinking of this properly and sort of what the character was going to be. Um, but we um, got in touch with an old friend of ours, um, this guy called Sam, who um, uh, many years ago worked at Games Workshop alongside us. And he's since gone his own way into his own company up. Um, and uh, it's a company called Weights and Grains. And it does these very um, dreamlike, um, strange fantasy science fiction kind of characters. So we actually did a painting video on one of them. And um, I think it's a, um, Baiki Paladin, I believe the name of it is. And it's like this lady with a big pair of scissors as a weapon. So oh, it's right, very, yeah. Very imaginative. So yeah, we, we talked with him and um, we asked him if he'd be able to bring some of these ideas to life and create the character. And so he did, he made Zirko. It's like, you know, we named him and kind of pointed <laughs> what we wanted and stuff. But he drew the image and made the sort of like fun, vibrant thing that we wanted. Um, so we were like, this is great. I wonder if we can get a model of it. And so just one thing sort of led to another. And we ended up um, we were like, oh, we want some stretch goals. We've got some ideas for the characters. What if we got them made too? 
And so it's just kind of gone from there. <laughs> I love <laughs> so, the names, yeah. you know, Baron yeah. von Evil or Evil. Yeah, he, he's the bad guy, just to be clear, he's the bad guy. You know. and, uh, he, yeah, lives in Castle Doom Death. So, <laughs> <laughs> so everyone knows he's a baddie. Um, yeah, so they're all kind of um, like classic, uh, you know, 90s cartoons kind of characters. Yes. You know, they're, they're very fun kind of, you can get the idea of what this, this person's about just by looking at the picture of them so it's meant to be just kind of fun yeah they're frankly. new but like oddly familiar right we were like yeah. I get, like i get the theme there yeah exactly exactly and the crazy thing is the kickstarter this is like happening fast like there are people being like oh we've got to wait so long till january 2022 and it's like oh no 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 january 22 is like right here like we're we're almost <laughs> yeah. there guys it's like three months yeah, away it, it won't be long and like i say transatlantists know what they're doing and they've yep. got a lot of experience they've got uh, they've got factory they've got um warehouses like elsewhere around the globe so um they're on it <laughs> so now the, i mean it's got the green light you know it's it's all going to happen pretty quickly so yeah it, it's It'll, they'll come around sooner than people think, I think. <laughs> and so, you know, you've been a you've been a busy guy, not just with creating content. And I want to talk about the Painting Academy in a little bit. But before that, even um, you've been also getting some games in it and playing some mm -hmm. games. And so you were recently at the the London GT playing some mm -hmm. A Song of Ice and Fire. Now, what was that yes. experience like? That? Oh, that was brilliant. Um, so I've not really had the time to play games, of course. So um what I did quite a while back, the advert came up and so I booked it and then kind of forgot I'd committed to going to it because <laughs> there's so much going on. And then it started popping up like now and then in my Facebook feed. And I was like, oh yeah, I've got that. I better get an RV ready. So it was it was nice because it was kind of a forced weekend away going and having fun. And it was the first time I got playing the current edition of the game. So mm -hmm. the 2021 rules update. So I was reading the rule book the night before to make sure I was clear on everything. And it was the first time I'd played it since last October. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a wonderful experience because the first game I was a bit jittery trying to remember what I was doing. But by the end of it, I remembered why I like this game so much and why it's one of my absolute favorite war games. And um, yeah, it's just brilliant. It was so much fun. I had some fantastic games. Um, and I got to like just explore the new rule. Like on, on paper, you see the Lannister supremacy, and you're like, "Oh, it doesn't seem quite as powerful." As <laughs> and then, yeah, then you then you get hit by it, and you're like, "Oh no!" Yeah, <laughs> so many people running away. So yeah, I had a fantastic game against um, a uh, fellow um, called uh, Daniel, I believe it was, and he. Um, Oh, Jack. That was a Jack uh, Daniel. <laughs> I remember. We had a game of Lannister against Lannister, and um, we made sure we had different commanders against each other. And it turned into the most like um, games within games kind of game I've played in a long time, as we were trying to outdo each other and knowing what each other's cards were and things, and trying to guess if they were going to counterplot our different schemes and everything. <laughs> It was brilliant. And, it was and what commander brilliant. were you going? Were you going the old standbys or did you uh, like, you know, go with some classic Lannister? I know you have some love for some characters in that faction. What'd you Yeah, run? well, I went for Jamie because that was the commander I was most familiar with in the yeah. previous version. And I know his rules have changed a little bit. And I, I hadn't quite grasped how everything's now all about Jamie. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the, the previous versions, you know, you had a bit more, um, a bit more around him, but now it's all about his unit. So that took me by surprise. Um, so, yeah, so I used him for my first three games on the first day just to get my head around how everything was. And then on the second day, I wanted to try using my other army list, which was using Tywin, who I'd never used before. And it had lots of other characters and things. Um, but that Lannister game was the first one I was going to play that day. And I know that uh, the, the guy I was playing really liked using Tywin. So I was like, all right, I'll use Jamie again. So we had different commanders. So I used Tywin in the last game. And 
there were so many other tricks and things that I hadn't got my head around it that I completely misplaced where everything was going to go. And so, like, I, I had um, Tyrion there, uh, right. you know, oh. Lannister, and I completely wasted his ability. He didn't do his thing <laughs> once. Well, I was like, all right, he should have been there. <laughs> the best thing about that, though, is the next game you play, you'll 100% remember that, though, because you'll be like, oh, I forgot it every time last time. Never again. Absolutely. Yeah, so. yeah. What I did was I had him in one unit of guardsmen, and I didn't mm-hmm. have anyone in the other unit, and I put the wrong one down in the wrong place. It was as simple as that. Oh, no. <laughs> they were like running across the the field to get the right positioning. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it sounds like a fun time overall. And you were doing some judging yeah. of painting competitions too, right? Yes, the organizers asked me to judge the painting competition, um, which I was more than happy to do. And there were some beautiful miniatures in there, absolutely beautiful. The one that stood out to me was um, uh, Brienne the Blue. I think it was the Blue pose, the one where she's pointing. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's a great sculpt. Oh yeah, the face is what made it really pop out. It was such a beautiful um, paint job, just bringing the character. Because you know, the face is a real focal point to miniature. Which a tip for anybody if you're looking to paint a miniature quickly: faces and bases, right? Um, do a good base and a really good face, and the model will look way better than it might otherwise. So, but this face really, really stood out. It was stunning. Um, there was another chap there as well who uh, he won the the best army. He had a Stark army where he'd converted it all to look a little bit more Norman in mm. style so he had the kind of um the kite shields he changed them all and he had like the big round shields and the sworn swords too and he painted each one with a different pattern so they had like all these intricate designs done by hand on each one of them and then his archers had like defensive stakes sticking up at the front of the yep. base you know like sticking up with chains between them and stuff and he painted some knot work on one of the movement trays and it was an absolutely beautiful army yeah so now you're getting back, you get some more games in recently and that's a lot, right? That's like a few, like right in a row. So you, mm-hmm. you've got mm-hmm. a, like, you know, it's an endurance run. Uh, you excited, is, yeah. excited to play more Song of Ice and Fire now? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I, I got home and um, it was quite weird actually. So uh, there, I went, the last time I played before this tournament was in Stirling, which is a town up in Scotland, a beautiful town, by the way, if you're ever in Scotland, go see Stirling. Um, and it's, uh, it was a great fun tournament and the, the fellow was running it. I then bumped into him at the hotel I was at the first night of the event <laughs> in London. Like all the hotels in London happen to be the same. <laughs> um, but he's also running one in January. So I've signed up for that. So I think it's the 25th, 26th of January next year. So if any of you guys want to come along and fight me. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I can't, yeah, I be careful. I can't, I can't, I, I think I was asked to help judge the, uh, the most thematic army list. So, uh, I can't, uh, I don't, don't, don't want to give you any planning insiders for that, but there might be some multiple awards going out there. So start interesting, thinking. Interesting. No, if you're, exactly. If you're not now, now, if it's like you, then I, Oh, uh, did I just, did I just totally invalidate everything? Uh Oh, I need a little <laughs> disclaimer here or something. Uh, but you know, one thing I love about, we've had some other uh, people we were talking about who just recently came into the game of a song of ice and fire and they've just been like completely wowed with it and, and loving it. And it's definitely one of those games where you play and then afterwards, like you, you leave wanting more. And if you've ever had one of those games where you play and it comes like an hour after hour after hour, and you're like, oh, I'm kind of overplaying my attention span hasn't lasted. Song of ice and fire is always like short enough to keep me in it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I always find it's an exciting game. Like, no matter who I'm playing against or what's going on, I always enjoy it. Um, I just think it is such a beautifully designed system. And um, I, I don't know. I, so I've recently tried out um, from Cool Mini, um, Death May Die, you know, the, oh. the Cthulhu thing. Yep. And it seems to be quite similar in that the actual core rules of it are very simple, but the 
the play is done via the cards. So whilst you have these intricate selections of rules, it's only ever so many in play at one time, so it allows you to focus on what you're doing. But it means there's lots of moving parts. So I just I think it leads to just a really beautiful game design. So with Ice and Fire, it means that it's always interesting and there's always something going on. And when you're in your turn and you're maybe like mid-turn three and it's all going crazy, you can always see these different routes of what you could do. And you're trying to figure out what's the best thing to do now, because I know if I don't do that, then they might do something that's going to mess up what I would have done. And you end up kind of like, you know, really tying yourself in knots trying to figure yep. it out. It's so much fun. It's really good. And you just feel involved the whole way through. So, yeah. yeah I don't know. I'm, I'm always smiling when I'm playing. So it's it's a, yeah. it's a blast. And uh, so anything on the painting table coming up for A Song of Ice and Fire in the Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy or in your personal projects? I know you have a beautiful Lannister army. Um, mm, have any well, other you. factions caught your eye? Well, yes, I've painted quite a few now. Um, so when I was at, like, at the London GT, um, I actually met a number of Academy members who were there playing Ice and Fire. Um, and they all asked me to, if we could do an Unsullied. So we put an Unsullied in the schedule so you can watch out for that. Um, we've basically just been waiting for some new kits to come out because since the Greyjoy's core box in the UK, yep. there's not really been anything come out until just now. And all of a sudden, everything's appeared. So, <laughs> on and fit into the schedule careful what you wish um, for right when those those yeah. uh, shipping containers start coming out of china suddenly it's like here's everything <laughs> yeah all of a sudden it's there so i've got my eye on well i've, I've um, won a box of the clagane brigands at the tournament mm -hmm. so, um, and that's got me thinking of a clagane themed army to be like my b army for lannisters um, so that's one thing on the list to do but um i uh, also been picking up the new stuff for Targaryens and I really like the Dothraki theme. So I've got some Hurakars and the um the Blood Riders to do now. Yep. Uh, yeah, so there's that. Um I also got the so I finished painting my core Night's Watch box and I picked up the new Ranger Vanguard. And I really like the idea of doing building into a full cavalry army. So I've got them to do. Um I have a fully painted Stark army, so the Car Stark Spearmen, I should get them to add on to that. I've got quite a lot of factions now for this game. Uh I think I've got four painted, and but the, the big thing is what I want to do is to paint an army completely with our paints. So in this case, you're wondering, by the way, I've got the um, the prototypes here. Ah, so, perfect. In my box next to me, because yeah, yeah what color that was? I'm trying to predict the army here. One. I was like, that was a. <laughs> this one's dark sun yellow, so it's kind of a mustard yellow. So is that a is that a Clegane thing? You're going mountains men or? Well, that's what I'd use for Clegane. But what I'm thinking of doing is Baratheon. And for that, I'd use the, uh, the brighter one. Whereabouts is it? This one, Skulker Yellow. So you see it's a brighter one by comparison. It's a dark sun. So I don't know if you can see the difference there. Oh, yeah. So wow. Subtle differences. So Clegane, like the darker yellow, I think seems a little bit meaner and earthier. Whereas this seems a bit more impressive, bright heraldry when it comes to the brighter one. But um, yeah, so I'm thinking of um, Baratheon because it's something that I don't have any painted miniatures for. And so it'd be something completely new that I can go into, go into fresh. And uh, just before we came on, it was, it was like, it was either that or Free Folk. And uh, Free Folk's lots of browns. And so I want something a bit more colorful. So next time. Mm -hmm. That was a long yeah. justification. And we started Sorry. talking like, well, Sorry. because of this and this and this, it's like, uh-huh. I see how it is. <laughs> yeah. Next yeah. time, that's okay. I'm just going to have Raj come on. I'll be like, Raj, come on and talk about uh, Free Folk and then the, your army because uh, someone <laughs> is in painting and collecting yes. them. That's yes. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I've got, um, so Roger's got them and I've got another friend who's also collecting them. So it kind of feels like it's the army I shouldn't collect right now because they're mm -hmm. doing them. But, you know, they don't get them painted soon, then I may as well do it myself. But, uh, but yeah, I'm thinking of um, uh, Baratheons and I can't quite decide at this stage whether to go um, for like fairly generic with bits I can add in to be either loyalty or whether to go more into Stannis and do it all as the Rylor theme. 
Um, is that the side uh, you would go with, Stannis over Renly? Get to choose well, a look. The thing that appeals to me more is Tyrell. Um, right. I really look at the Rose Knights, um, but I think at, at the moment it's quite difficult to do an army themed as Tyrell because there's not mm. that many units specifically right. for them. But the attachment box has made it quite clear that pikemen are going to be coming out, right? Because you've got right. the pikemen captain. And um, they also, in that last preview that Simon did, there was that looked like a kind of light horseman. And he right. looked to me like be a Tyrell cavalryman. Yeah. So um, so that seems to me that that would be a good army. You could have Loras leading it. Then you could have um, the uh, Marjorie and Oliana. Is it Oliana? Yep. Is, it, so, is, is there something to like the pikemen thing going back to that? Like, I don't know if this resonates with you, but I like my like my rabble, like horde army stuff. But there's also just something about like the Lannister halberdiers, like mm. pikemen. It's just like, okay, like sign me up. A unit of pikemen, just like I can already predict it's going to look cool. Uh, absolutely. There's just something appealing about that rank and flank with the, the long pointy sticks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, those halberdiers are what got me to buy the core box in the first place, just seeing the little halberds being presented neatly, kind of, you know, working way forwards. So, yeah, I'm really excited about the pikemen, and I've just got sort of in my mind, well, I could have two years of pikemen and the rose knights, and they can guard one flank. So that's like my phalanx advancing, and then I can have the um, the sentinels on one side sort of skirmishing with the crossbows, and then I've got the light lancers who I can sort of like, you know, yeah. attack and keep points. So, like, that's that's the way in my mind I build these armies. And like, mm. yeah, that sounds cool. I hope the rules work for that. Right. But, oh, I get so, that. I totally get so that. So I'm kind of thinking then, should I do, like, all the yellow units for Baratheon with a few of the standard specific things there and paint the you know, like Rose Knights and stuff on the side. And then when these later releases appear, I can just like leap fully into doing a Tyrell army. That, so maybe, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, would you do like, and without getting too much of the weeds of the Song of Ice and Fire talk here, we'll move on to the Painting Academy in a second. Would you do like standard basing across the entire Baratheon army? Like I, I kind of, it bothers me when I like I initially painted my neutrals and all my neutrals had their own basing. And then when I have my armies all laid out and then I've got like, you know, muddy Bolton bases with like my dry Targaryen bases. And I'm like, no, oh, I can't stand yes. it. For the Baratheons, would you do like all of them in the same tray style or do you think you might do variation? Um, I think I'd do, I'd probably do them all in the same way. Because uh, basing is quite a key part about keeping your army together, as you pointed out. Right. You know, if you have a consistent basing, even different color schemes. So if I've got like green and yellow then for the um, Tyrell and the Baratheon stuff, if the base is the same, it'll bring them all together. Um, what I have been doing with some of the factions, though, is going for the same kind of core colors for it. So it's the, um, in the, the painting academy, the video for it is the grasslands base. So I kind of mm -hmm. paint it in that way. But what I've been doing is doing different sort of colored grass, depending on what thing I'm doing. So like my Night's Watch have sort of dead grass, whereas the uh, Targaryens have much longer grass. And then the um, the Starks, the Lannisters have been having more sort of like generic green. So they look close enough like each other to put them next to each other and it works, mm -hmm. whereas they do have a bit of an identity of their own. So I'll probably carry on with that. I'll probably be going for sort of like a grasslands kind of thing. Probably. Yeah. With a few flowers on the Tyrell ones, probably. <laughs> Have there been any other games that you've been interested in? Uh, you know, a quick plug for the painting Academy. You know, it's sometimes hard to like just pick up a random unit and paint. I'm like a little bit cost with things up, but I did get my, uh, I get my, my free Conquest. Roads Academy member conquest men at arms <laughs> box to, to take a look at. Um, and then as soon as I did, all my friends were like, that was like, you got the, like the least interesting looking unit out of all the options. Like you should have got this, this and that, but I was like, Oh, I didn't know. But it was really interesting getting used to the scale, but, uh, it was a yeah. fun opportunity. I just paid shipping and I got a free box. I was like, 
that's pretty sweet. So thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> no, you, you're welcome. Well, thank you to Parabellum. So they they got in touch with us, and um, they they they're a really nice company to work with um, because they understand completely how we um, how basically we run things you know our subscription service so that we can afford to eat i guess yeah <laughs> and they so they come to us and they're like oh we think uh, we like what you do um we'd love to be able to offer something for your members and we're all like okay um what are you thinking of well we got some free boxes would they like some and we were like i'm sure they would uh, so <laughs> yes they, yes we did <laughs> yeah and um they well, they originally approached us um, just wanting our opinion on some miniatures and so we ended up sort of having a conversation with them about it huh. and um we were we had we were we kind of seen this stuff on the shelves, but with the academy, there's so many different subjects to cover that we've not looked at any great depth. But looking at those models, we we're like, these actually are really cool, and the um, the the way it's presented is so nice. So we're like, would you be able to show us the core box? And so they sent us one, and we were like, this is beautiful. It's an absolutely beautiful box set. Um, and for those who aren't aware of it, it's um, it's like a classic rank and file, you know, mass battle game. And in the core box, you get so many miniatures and such a massive box, and they're a slightly larger scale to what you might be used to as well. That it's really impressive when you have it all out there. So we thought, all right, we'll do a video on it. So we picked this soldier called a Steel Legionnaire, who's like a, an elite guy with a big great sword. Um, but uh, yeah, the members really liked it. And so um, in fact, on the website, we have a forum and they've been asking for some more videos on it. So we plan to do some more of that. So I've been painting some conquest stuff myself and I went for the uh, the faction called the Hundred Kingdoms, which is like your classic human faction. Um, though I keep looking at the Wadrun, who are their version of orcs. Yeah. And they, so orcs aren't normally my cup of tea, right? They're just, the style of orcs generally doesn't appeal to me in various games and stuff. I like more organized looking armies. But the way they've approached these is kind of as if they're like, um, they've basically been created as a warrior race by one of the other factions in the game. And they were meant to be like um, soldiers on their behalf. And they broke free and went and created their own society. And it's very much like Amazonian tribes and how they've mm. kind of set their society. And it's detailed in things like they their metabolisms are so fast, they need loads of people to go and get food. So all of it's like based around this. And then some of them are then allocated for warriors and they have to go through these paths and stuff. So it's like, it feels like a real culture. And I just really like that because yeah. it makes me believe in it working. And then they ride around in dinosaurs, which is like even better. Um, <laughs> they've got one on the way called an ultimate predator, which is essentially a T-Rex, but it's like um, a sort of a feather, you know, the more modern depiction yep. of dinosaurs and feathers. Which like is still things I'm getting used to, but... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's strange, isn't it? But it means that you can put lots of bright colors on it. And then there's this, um, uh, it's a matriarch on the back, I believe, which has got a big spear and stuff. In it. it just looks so cool. Hmm. So I'll keep looking over at those thinking, hmm... Yeah, I was looking at the Nords until some point like it's kind of like a somewhat free folky ish style. Like they got giants in this, and I was like, "You're right. I I should diversify in my interest a little bit." <laughs> oh, it's all right. Go for what you like. Any other games that have been catching your eye? Um, I've been painting a lot of stuff for the Elder Scrolls Call to Arms, which is a game by Modifius Entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, if anyone's familiar with Skyrim, you'll know exactly what to expect from this. It's um, a skirmish game set in Skyrim at the moment, but they're going to expand it into other you know, eras of um, the Elder Scrolls. And um, I just love it because it feels like you're playing a role-playing game when you're playing it, because it's very, um, it's all heavily narrative-based. Um, so it's like you'll have heroes who have their own special cars with their stats on, and then you get items, so you actually give them individual bits of equipment, and then you have your troops who are more like nameless sort of uh, NPC kind of guys. And um, you go on quests with them, so at, in each game, at the start of it, you draw a quest, and you've got to try and achieve this quest for further things, and you get items and stuff to build up your characters. So it's um, the way I like to play is narrative, and this 
leans heavily into that. So I've been, yeah, I've been having a great time with that. I've been working on painting the entire first wave of releases for it, which I've nearly done. I've just got a few more Drago to paint before I completed all of that. <laughs> I can't imagine what your paint table looks like. Uh, and mine gets a little bit backed up. This the school year started and suddenly everything slowed down. Like I said, I got those those British linemen. Was, I'm going to use your tutorial mm-hmm. for. I got all the paints. Everything's already. I just I haven't dived in. I'm waiting for like a long weekend or something. But oh yeah, I'd, I'd be ashamed to show people my painting. Oh. Beautifully clean back there. Mine's nothing like that. It's horrifying. That's good. That's reassuring on some level. I don't know. I feel like there's a video. Like, can we see what behind the scenes? Like, uh, how, how does a you know how does Duncan Rose painting table look like? Yeah, requiring no, no, no. <laughs> um, and so you know the painting academy so i actually i was really excited to be to jump in there pretty early when it got started up and um honestly i was really thrilled with it at the beginning but since then it's it's really kind of it's ballooned in content you've obviously got mm-hmm. the forums as well um if someone was maybe on the fence or or had been had heard about it but hadn't really checked out what might be uh, a compelling reason that you might see as for someone to check out and, and join the academy um, so the Academy's core thing is all about giving people the confidence to essentially have a go and to um, improve their painting. Um, so everything's done in as accessible a way as possible and as clear a way as possible. So um, each video is, it, it runs through like a miniature or a technique or whatever, but mm-hmm. everything you do about it is designed to be as clear and as honest as possible about showing you what happens during the process of painting these miniatures. So if there's a few stages in where things look messy or you know it looks a bit rubbish or something like that, if you don't know, then you might hit this point and think to yourself, well, my model doesn't look like that photograph because photos are often like tweaked and look yeah. especially nice. Um, so you might think, you know, I'm doing something wrong. And I've known people in the past who then essentially go, oh, I can't do this. It's not for me. I'm embarrassed. And they don't want to show people their miniatures. Mm-hmm. So this is all about kind of showing you that, no, this is what mine looks like at that stage. And that's perfectly fine because we then do these things and suddenly see it come together. Um, so it's um, about as honest a painting tutorial thing, I think, that we can do as possible. And it's so it's all designed based around that. Um, we cover a huge variety of different subjects and topics. So there's a number of techniques on there which kind of show particular things from quite simple stuff, like um, uh, just useful things to know as well, things like applying decals to your miniatures, what to do, uh, to more detailed stuff like how to do wet blending, how to, um, uh, which is nowhere near as scary as you might think it is when you first encounter like or blending the two colors together live on the miniature. Well, I might jump in. That That's actually a a big thing I discovered is that um, I had sort of stagnated in my painting technique because I had mm-hmm. been really nervous and then I'd gotten more comfortable. And then I just stuck doing what I knew over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. then even just going through and following your tutorials and trying new things up, but seeing like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just watch this video. I don't have anything to apply like a decal to, or like I'm not doing any wet blender, but then I, I watched it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I can do this. And it just mm-hmm. like slowly inches out my, my comfort zone. And, uh, you know, now I, I feel like, you know, I'm my, I wouldn't say I'm a world-class painter, but, uh, it's fun to be able to be like, oh, wow. Like I worked at this for over a year and, you know, I've gotten better and I can see it. Uh, so that's been like really rewarding just to follow along. And as a teacher, um, I really do think you, you have that down. Um, you know, I don't know how much thought you put into the structure of your videos, but yeah, it's somewhat formulaic, but it's, it's really clear and it makes it easy to follow along. And I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I used to say that. My mum always used to say to me, I should have been a teacher. Hey, there you go. No, I think you you might be, you, I mean, as a teacher, I'm looking at you being like, man, that's pretty cool. I wish, uh, but teaching is great too. Teaching is great too. Um, 
And uh, so, you know, we, lots of cool stuff going on and uh, good stuff going on with the Academy. You've got the Kickstarter here, you know, so the, with the success of the Kickstarter, have you thought about like other products here? You know, I'm trying to think of a, you know, Duncan Rhodes, uh, you know, what we do a playoff of roads. You could do uh, all weather tires for when the roads need, you know, <laughs> they need two, not one, two thin coats, but one big coat, like drive safe out there. Like, I don't know. What do you think? Is there any other things you could uh, branch out to? <laughs> Got some ideas. I was thinking of maybe we could do model railway stuff, Duncan Railroads. Duncan Railroads. There we go. Wow. <laughs> yes. Now, that is a road less traveled. That's that's something to <laughs> for sure. Uh, we we have um, so we've got some other ideas and things that we're working on, and you know the, the sort of characters that we made for the Kickstarter with the stretch goals. Like it might give some people some ideas, the sort of things we're thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we want to make sure we stick to the roots of like what we do in, in focusing on the painting of stuff. So um, the range at the moment is kind of the core starting point of it. So. I think people can expect to see more paints coming out and more new triads of covering more and more things. Because the range of what we've got right now, 60 paints sounds like a lot at first glance, but when you're trying to cover um, basically a range that can allow you to paint anything, um, it the space starts to become quite uh, uh, um, combative, I suppose, of working out which ones are supposed to be there. Right. So um, there's lots of things that we want to add, and so people can expect to see some more paints coming along where we're going to start adding new triads to cover all sorts of different things. Um, we, uh, yeah, we're basically really excited about it and Transatlantic has been great with it and they really want to do more and more things. So you'll see more hobby products coming from us, I think. I can't wait. And so, you know, we're thrilled over here and a lot of the painter friends that we have, Mike Meeple, Nessie knows, and we're thinking we want to do some sort of like launch party thing where we all get our paints. We might try and host a, a, a fun like event where we can all sit down and, and start messing around and paint some fun stuff. So <laughs> I don't know if you guys have anything planned, but uh, I think the community is <laughs> excited. So we'll see what sort of fun we have with it. That sounds like fun. I suppose when we know when people are going to start receiving their sets, we can you know, yeah. talk about it. We, get, like we get closer. Um, <laughs> but, you know, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about it. It sounds like you got a lot of great stuff going. Um, oh, actually, before we go, um, <laughs> Sir, Sir Coates, right? Um, <laughs> that's a cool miniature. Uh, you <laughs> know, what if, if we're going to have maybe the community, we could make a, if we're going to make him like a, an NCU for a Song of Ice and Fire, um, <laughs> what, what what, what faction do you think he would be in if we get some fan-made, uh, you know, rules for him? Oh, so um, he it has to be, um, he's meant to be like the the shining paladin that's trying to do the right thing. Might make mistakes now and then, but ultimately is trying to do the good thing. So I don't think you could have him in Lannister or, <laughs> or well, maybe Knights, maybe Jon Snow-ish before he kind of, learns okay. about how the world really is um i don't think he'd fit with baratheon because there's too much of like second fight of things uh is, he's just gonna be chilling on the side of the high senesal the the george r, r. martin sculpt being like listen i'm not getting the, the, yeah. Yeah, the, no, it's a dark sad world i'm, a, I'm gonna be over here <laughs> i suppose know. probably stark Stark, about, okay. Yeah, is probably where he fit the best. All right. So if anyone out there is listening and you feel creative, let's see you, uh, what kind of rules did you come up for a Sir Coates House Stark NCU character so that he could, you know, help out the, the goodies uh, uh, on the battlefield trying to do the right thing, right? Well, maybe watching out for <laughs> Ned Stark there, trying to keep him out that's of trouble. That's right. <laughs> maybe he gives the army, that's fully painted a victory point. There we go. Hey, hmm. <laughs> well, I better get the paint in my Starks then. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> But thank you so much for coming on. You're very welcome. It's always a pleasure to chat. And um, yeah, it's always great to, to say hello. And again, thank you to everybody who backed the Kickstarter and for the unbelievably touching messages about um, trusting what we do. We're not going to let you down. And we're looking forward for more great things in the future. Keep it up. And in the meantime, we hope you get your miniatures on the table. Uh -huh.